just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Before we get into it, do not forget right now, 50% off absolutely everything in the bloke store. We're talking about jerseys. If they're still there, if they're still available, they may have already sold out. DMP shirts. Uh, so make sure to go to bloke.shop. It's 50% off absolutely everything. Um, t- once it's gone, sale ends. Boom, gone. Gonskis. The last sale we did, we've only done one in our history. One in our history. It sold, it was our biggest sale ever. Biggest sale ever. Uh, so make sure to be there on, th- or well, make sure to go now because it's already live. Uh, on bloke.shop because once it is gone the 50 percent sale is over and as you know we've only ever done one in our history so we do not do these often we do not do these often make sure to be there bloke.shop with that out of the way mate i'm sitting across from the great rugby league guru what's going on brother thanks for having me in mate not about uh not about setup you got here <laughs> mate you know what's fucking hilarious is i was at the gym the other day and you know bouncing a bit of rubber as i do uh fighting a bit of gravity pushing a bit of tin um, anyway, so this guy comes up to me and he's, oh, mate, you know, love the show, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet. And he's like, oh, yeah, mate. Um, I'm good mates with Nathan. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. And I'm like, oh, Nathan Cleary. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, Nathan. I'm, I saw him the other day. He, he does a show with you. And I was like, Cleary doesn't do a show with you. <laughs> and then he was like, Nathan, like guru? And I was like, oh. <laughs> His name, I said to him, his name's Guru. He's, he's fucking not Nathan. What the fuck's going on with that? Oh. Mate, what, what's it been like for you personally? Because, you know, you, you're just a punter, loves a bit of footy. Mm. And obviously, uh, you know, you get, I'd assume you get recognised and stuff when you go out and people love the potty. What's it been like? Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny. Uh, you know, like I, all my family, obviously, calls me by my name. And mm. then uh, when I was at high school, uh, my last name's Durkin. So all my mates call me Dirks. And now it's just completely flipped. I couldn't tell you the last time I've heard Nathan or Dirks or it's just, it's bizarre. Um, we went to a movie the other night and I was walking out of the cinema, walked past a restaurant and someone, you know, some, someone just called, oh, guru. I said, wave, hey, mate, how are you? I kept walking. I didn't realise until I got past him, it was my cousin. Oh. <laughs> and I just, did, like, I just didn't know. It was bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's unreal. Do you get guru, do you get gurino at all? A little bit, a little kangaroo. Kangaroos become very popular. The roo, yeah, um, yeah, and a, a, even like my my mates that had a, a different nickname for me in high school. It sort of just turned into guru now. What too, was your nickname so in high school? Uh, well, it was Dirks. Um, I don't know if I ever told you. Uh, you. Like you can probably hear it sometimes, but like I had a chronic stutter when yeah. I was at high school. Like. It was bad. So my actual nickname was Dirks for ages. You know what's funny is I I used to get paid out because my voice is quite like deep and and dopey. So they always go dun dun dun. So there you go, there you go, mate. Fuck them. Look at look at us now. Look at us. No, like I couldn't. Like I used to stutter really bad on S's and N's. So when your name's Nathan, it was brutal. I honestly couldn't like introduce myself. It was. How does a stutter work? You know what I mean. Honestly, like I, I would know what I was going to say. I'd start a sentence, and I would know, fuck, that word is coming. Really, and this is going to take me ages to finish this sentence. So I, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. There'd be times where, like, I'd be at school and I'd have a new teacher, mm. and I knew that at some point they'd ask me my name, and I just knew that'd be my worst moment, and oh, I couldn't really? do it because I'd stutter, and then everyone would laugh, and then it'd rattle me. So I remember, like, there was moments there where. I would purposely be late to class so they'd done the role. Yeah. I'd be the only one left. And when I walk in, they'd look at the role and everyone else would be thinking, oh, you must be Nathan. 
and you get yeah and i go yes because then they had to say it and that was probably till i was like 18 or so which is bizarre really? to look back on now because i essentially don't shut up for a job it's uh but yeah wild isn't it crazy how much you know it's such a big deal to you like to yep. you you're so 100%. insecure about it yep. it's, it's 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 honestly sometimes what you think about you know you have these insecure and like you know, you meet someone new, they're not thinking about anything other than there's a person in front of me. All you're thinking about is don't fuck these words up. Yep. Don't fuck these words up. And like, I, I would honestly, I, before I'd say a sentence, I'd play it in my head three times to the point that I wouldn't even hear what you said. <laughs> when it was, yeah. And I, yeah, I look back at it now and just think how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And you know, like I, when I was a teacher a few years ago, I had a lot of kids that had speech impediments and stuff and I could just see how much it was rattling them. Mm. And yeah, to just, yeah, it feels like a world ago now, mm. but it was such a, <laughs> such a wild part of my life or I'd, I'd be scared to talk yeah look i'm going to sound really insensitive here but did anyone go today junior <laughs> all the time <laughs> very common <laughs> yeah uh yeah that, that was a common one yeah there was a few that used to get around obviously um remember that movie uh team america yeah <laughs> uh, so i was in year seven when that came out my last name was durkin so that yeah. durkin durkin muhammad jihad <laughs> just echoes through hallways holy heckers that yeah. is that is harsh like it's so tough because like at the time kids can be so cruel so <laughs> cruel yeah. like they just wrecking you and they yeah. don't understand you going home thinking about it and but then you, I'm sure you look back and you go, look, they're just kids. They don't yeah, know 100%. what they're saying. Yeah. Like they're just, they're just saying it. Yeah. They're and you know what? It. It's like, and you know, I'll be honest with you. Like when I first came on your show and everything and like, I, like I genuinely didn't realize I was saying could be anything every eight seconds. Yeah. Genuinely had no idea of it. And I, when, when people first started to comment on everything, I was sort of like, like it, it rattled me a little bit at the start, but then you start to realize even with the start, I think at school, like. If people appreciate you enough to say stuff like that, yeah, like you're a part of something, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm got like the 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 could be anything stuff. I wouldn't change it for the world now. Absolutely, it's unreal. It's uh, and I think as well because it's text like a comment, you don't get the nature in which it's coming across. Yeah. So oh, he just repeats could be anything, but it could be a mate going, mate. All you say is could be anything, but he's saying it with a smile on his yeah. face. You know, it's really hard with the text, and we're all guilty of it. We get 100%. smashed yeah. with comments. And it's just that one comment that finally gets you. You're like, you know what? Fuck off. But you're right. It's it's. We had. Um, there's been plenty of times. Who do we have on? We had Keon Kalamatangi on. Kalamatangi, and he swore. <laughs> I reckon every second fucking word. Yeah, right. Like, um, who else do we? Who do well, we like, even watching the other day, like like Chad Townsend. Yeah, yeah that, big, that, how that whole thing blew up yeah. and everything. And I, I was just sitting there going, fuck. Like, I think people at home don't realize how easily it can happen oh for sure just for when sure. you're on camera and you're you know and you're trying to think of a million things at once especially like with us like when you're on a four-hour show yeah like you're always going to fall back to your same yeah sort of things to pull and when you're like like i was i was even thinking today like like as i was leaving home beck's like oh so what's the interview going to be like and i was like I, I don't know like we talk for five hours a week yeah i don't yeah. know what else we've got to fucking talk about <laughs> it's uh yeah the key on one was funny because you could tell he was just talking like he would be talking to his mates. Yeah. And I think that that's the the thing you've actually probably got to not do when you're a host of a podcast. Mm -hmm. is, and, and although you need to create an environment where people feel like you're talking to your mates, but if you do talk to your mates, like we talk, we don't talk different topics and we don't say different things, but like, for example, we don't, 
if we're talking normal, yeah, man, you're going. Yeah. You know, like everything's a bit yeah. less and, and stuff. So it's hard to really not, when you're on a show for four hours, it's hard not to fall back into the talking like you're talking to your mates. For sure. And yeah. you know, and your mates aren't sitting there going, bro, you said could be anything fucking six times in the last fucking 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, man, so so the stutter growing up, how crazy. And I, I assume at that time, you're not never ever. I'd, all, I'd love to, and this sounds really elitist or something it sounds wrong and I, I don't mean it this way but you know being an athlete growing up like all i think about is i'm going to be an athlete and mm. then and then also like because i'd done ath- like so much athletics so much sports or whatever and been successful in my head in my head i'm always like i have to do something that is better than just average kind yeah. of thing um and i'm not saying that you didn't have aspire to be like that but mm. you it's not like you're sitting there going i want to well maybe you did think you want to play nrl um you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, uh, but I always loved footy, but I never, like, I never had that passion to play NRL. Mm. And even if I did, I couldn't have. Mm. I just didn't have that about me. Yeah. Uh, even when I was playing footy, like I, I enjoyed it, but I always found footy so frustrating because I felt like I understood it more than anyone else. Mm. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Just simple as that. And it just became frustrating to yeah. be completely honest with you um but yeah i like i love footy growing up and i never really wanted to be you know, an nrl player yeah um and to be honest with you like even even now like interacting with these guys and everything i'm like i think that so many people look at it and just go what a life how good would it be like mate like you sit down and you talk with these guys and like you, you know better than anyone like these guys are having 25 car accidents a week essentially yeah, yeah. like it's not it's, it's a tough lot. Like there's money and there's positives to it and everything, but Christ, there's a lot of negatives to it. Oh, mate, absolutely. And and I, I've said it so many times and we've spoken about it on the potty, but as a culture, we've been so desensitized to the violent nature mm. of footy. And because I obviously come from soccer, I'm aware of it. Yeah. You know, I'm fully aware uh, of how brutal it is. Whereas if you've played footy since you were six years old, it's just normal. You, yeah. It's normal for you to walk off a field feeling like you've been in a fight. And I always compare it to MMA fighters. And granted, I, I get it. You know, they get kicked and they get punched and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they do it three times a year. We're, we're doing it essentially all year long. I mean, it just finished. Yeah. We're in November. It just finished for the best of the best. Not only that, do we do it all year, they train every single week. It's not like fighters where they go, okay, 12-week camp, fight. They get medically suspended for three to six months yeah. after that fight. You know, if a... We've seen blokes get completely knocked out, back playing, sometimes within a week. It's insane. If, yeah. if that happens in, in, in the UFC, you get completely flatlined. You're medically suspended a minimum three months, yeah. minimum. Um, and so, yeah, like it's hard. And it's also, it's hard to talk about because you, you don't want to talk about it in the sense of, oh, well, is the, the poor footy player, life's so hard for the mm. footy player. Not at all. Like, like it's way harder for more people. But it is a reality. Yeah. It's t- and, you know, I, I, I was looking yesterday, uh, the Gold Coast Titans put up some content of them arriving mm. back at preseason. And um, they had like a little barometer on the side. So the boys, oh, what's ranking out of 10? And some of the boys said, oh, you know, five, six, four. You know, I spoke to people last night on Instagram going, fucking ungrateful. How could they? I'm like, nah, you don't like, they're signing up for torture. Mm. They know what they're about to go through over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. They've also probably just trained harder in the last three weeks just to get themselves to a point where they yeah. can get through the next three months. Mm. Like it's, and you know, we're all winding down for Christmas. We're all mm. winding down for holidays, whatever. And these guys are about to go through absolute yeah. hell. It, it, I've, as I've done both, 
they're both hard but what's hard about a normal job is just the monotony the, yep. the boredom it's it long hours whereas like the difference with league it's it's less hours to a degree nowadays it's essentially the same but it's super intense for those hours so basically it's like rocking up to work working your absolute ring off for three hours then you might sit around but when you're working your absolute ass off for three hours you've got a boss over your shoulder going if if you want to hit in your kpis yeah. like the best kpis in the country you're gone you're out of here then you might rest for a couple hours and then go on again and that's kind of like what so that's the difference it's just a different type of heart but back to yourself so so yeah growing up with the, the stutter i guess it's how did you get past that yeah it's weird i don't know i just sort of i remember going to like speech therapists mm. And I, I remember going to that when I was pretty young and then I sort of stopped as a teenager, I think, or somewhere in that market. I don't know. I just eventually kind of grew out of it. Mm. There's times where, like, I can – it is getting – I think because I, I talk so much now, mm. sort of got past it. I think also, like, when I finished – like, I remember, like, even at uni I had it too. And mm. I struggled still to introduce myself and stuff. So, like, when you're 22, 23 and you still can't introduce yourself, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, like, and then I know, like, I, I went into um, teaching. So, I think every day I was in front of – Granted, children, but 25, 30 people every day talking. I don't know, I sort of, in a weird way, I think I sort of kind of grew out of it. Yeah, okay. I, I actually think, and it all sounds stupid, but I think I almost, I think my confidence just grew and I sort of outconfident it to something. I don't even know if yeah. it's a word. But <coughs> confidence. Just, hey, you're looking your ass at the wrong bloke. I can barely, I know, yeah, I can yeah, barely yeah. fucking talk myself. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like, and I, I've had people that, that have messaged me, and it's funny, like, I have people that message me that, have got one themselves mm. and they can still hear it in my voice because they just know the cues yeah. and the signs and all that. And they've said to me, how'd you get over it? And I feel bad, but I'm like, I actually don't actually yeah. know. It just sort of passed a little bit, um, but it does still happen sometimes. Is it is it anxiety related or You know, no, I don't so think no. it was. Yeah, okay. You know, it may I've, I don't think originally it was, but then I think as it grew, yeah, okay. there was anxiety around it, but I don't think yep. that's how it started. Yeah, okay. But I, I had a very good upbringing. Like there yeah. was nothing like I, I, I lived with mum. I was I was always very lucky. Very rarely went without or anything mm. like that. So I, I don't think I could possibly put it down to something bad. That yeah, happens, you know I what think. I mean. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when do you reckon, as a young fella, when was the moment? Because like, there's being a footy fan, and then there's obviously fucking guru, mm. the guru territory of love and rugby league. When do you? When did you become self-aware? There would have been years when you loved rugby league, but when did you become like, oh, I actually froth rugby league way more than most people? Yeah, I think like during high school. Mm. Um, I, you know, I've told the story before, which is surreal for me now. Like I was sitting up there a couple of months ago with Jamie Soward, and like I remember going to watch Jamie Soward on a Saturday afternoon play Jersey Flag. Yeah, and I remember sort of saying, uh, I was sitting with my old man watching, him going, "Fuck, I, I think this kid's a very good player." Blah blah. blah. Then he sort of went through the grades, and you know. A guy like Jamie Soward isn't like an immortal of the game or whatever. Mm. And I think people sort of would look at a guy like Jamie and they compare him to John's Freddie Lockie and go, oh, yeah, he was a good player. Mm. But like you look at a guy like Jamie Soward who won a comp, mm. played Origin. Like he was the best 5-8 in the game for a period of time. Yeah, like yeah. he won Dallian 5-8 of the year when Darren Lockyer was playing. Yeah, Crazy kicking It's unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy kicking. Like, like for two years, he was the best kicker in rugby league, bar none. Mm. And it wasn't even close. So... Like I look at a guy like him and go, geez, he was like top 1% and he would be the original, could be anything. Yeah, okay. He really would be, which is so crazy. How, how old were you when you were watching him come through the grade? Uh, I would have been 12, 13, 14. <laughs> like young, yeah. <laughs> so it's official, the first CBO was a Jimmy Soward. Jimmy Soward, I think, yeah. Far out. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, people forget how good he was. I oh, mate, people, and I, I, I think that people just... 
like um, you talk about yourself, like you were 42 first grade games. Or, yeah. And, you know, and, and like there'd be a lot of people out there go, you know, didn't make it to 50 first grade games. Mm. I'm like, you realise one first grade game, that's Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and people just don't appreciate how hard it is to get there for one. And then you got guys that play 100, but then you compare them to guys that play 300 and, it, and people don't think it's – like, it, it blows me away. And I think you'd also be surprised – like, obviously, Jamie Soud played as many games as he, you know, did, mm. which is, what, 200-plus yep. probably. But there's a lot of guys that go, you know what, like, I played in NRL now and they yep. just – they focus on something else. They might get to the 100-game mark and go, like, I know I can play in NRL, but what's – you know, I'm just going to get bashed more. I'm not getting paid that much when it comes to, like, long-term kind of stuff. So – uh, yeah, Jamie Soward. Like, if you wanted to put Jamie Soward in the, like the James Maloney territory, I think I think that's a fair. I think it's very fair. A fair like yep. uh, tier to put him in. Okay, so what about growing up as a young fella? Where, what's your first big rugby league memory where you can clearly remember? You know, whether it's a grand final, a player, or whatever. And who was your favourite player growing up? Mate, I, I was very lucky. My uh, my old man sort of lived, you know, around here near some suburbs of Sydney, and. 1988, the SFS opens, mm. right? And they're offering uh, memberships, which I think back then was, I think it was like 800 bucks a year, right? So people then went, that's ridiculous. How could you possibly pay that much money to go and watch 10 games of football a year? My dad, eyes up, thank God, mm. paid the 800. Yeah. And all of his mates went, you know, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. The day you sign up for the SFS, you pay the same rate forever. Oh. So... It's actually been one of the greatest investments oh of all time. God, we're still like SFS gold members. Wow, for peanuts. Yeah, genius. So, me growing up, I was at the SFS every weekend, watching every game. So, Roosters would play there, South would play there. Um, you know, there there would often be test matches and stuff there. So, mm. like our weekend would always involve going to the SFS and watching whatever the hell was on there. Mm. So, South and Roosters, I grew up watching, seeing a lot of. Um, and you know it was great because because the like obviously Souths weren't, weren't going too crash hot in the early two thousands, but Roosters were. That's when they just started, isn't it? Just started, yeah. Started a new franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that Roosters side, the early two thousand side, because that was so good, it'd be Friday night every week. Yeah, okay. You'd have Brisbane roll in. You'd have Newcastle, yeah. Joey, Lockie. So it was it was a pretty cool experience to be able to. And like I I still to this day I reckon the old SFS like the new one's fantastic, but for me the old SFS is. Just the best thing ever. Yeah. Do you think, like, it's weird because we have the current players and we no one wraps the current players more than us. But when you just name those names, I was like, we're not in that same era, I don't think. I, like, yeah, Joey, Lockie, Freddie, you know what I mean? Are but we but as I always say, you know, in the year 2000, when, you know, we were watching those guys, like my, my grandfather, for example, would have gone, no, Sterling. No Tom Rodonicus, like... But I'm just trying to think, like, now, okay, you know, the grand final, Renault yep. versus Cleary. Renault's obviously not in Lockie, Freddie yeah, territory. Yeah. And then I go, okay, the halves underneath that, Hughes, Munster. Munster, maybe you could put in that mm. kind of territory. I'm not saying he's as good as those guys, but I'm just trying to think. Maybe we're in the beginnings of it, but for, like, the last 10 years, it's been, like, you know, a James Maloney versus... Yep. So I'm just wondering, like... Well, was that a golden era? Because there has to be a golden era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, the 2000s will always be the golden era. Yeah. There's no doubt. Maybe that's got more to do with my age. I don't know. Uh, but for me, Freddie, Joey, Lockie, they are the three. 
and, and the beauty Smitty as well coming through then as well. Yeah, yeah. And Smith obviously came up later. just after that. Yeah, but yeah. those three for me, and like I'd also be happy to throw um, Stacey Jones in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people underappreciate he always matched it with those guys. Mm. But to have the three best players in the world, in my opinion, playing at three different clubs and also playing three different positions. And also could potentially be three immortals. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, that's what I'm like, is that a golden era? Three immortals? But then the next era of that was the three best players in the world, in my opinion, were playing at the same club. Yeah. Yeah, and so it just changed Cron, everything. Slater. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's other guys you can throw up there. Who would know, be potential immortals now for us? Obviously, Cleary. That are playing right yeah, now. Yeah, again, guys, potential. Potentially, immortals. I think Cleary's Cleary. a very good chance at it. Um, we don't have to talk anymore about what Cleary's done in the age he's at and everything, but yeah. I think he's a very, very good shout. Outside of that, I'm... I'm personally not convinced there's anyone else. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and maybe Which they're about fair. to appear. Yeah. Where maybe they're because like it's been since maybe it's a bit early to say. It's been about what five, six years since Smithy retired. Mm. Six years since Cronk. Well, it hasn't or, even been that long since Smithy retired. Earlier twenty, end of twenty twenty. Oh my god! So like that, like Smithy feels like an age ago. He now, does feel like an age ago. Because like he twenty twenty, did he retire? Yeah. Jesus. So five, six. So five years since Slater. And Cronk, four yeah, Slater years. Slater retired in 18. Yeah. Cronk retired in 19. So five since Slater. Yeah, four since Cronk. Four since Cronk, three since Smithy. So maybe it's a bit too early, maybe. Because it's only maybe, been three yeah. years since Smithy. And in saying that, those boys came straight in as whilst Lockie, uh, Joey and Freddie were still playing. Yeah, right right towards the back yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, far out. That, that's a really good, interesting chat. Who In this batch, mm. who's the next potential immortal? Yeah, oh, I think Cleary is the obvious one. Yeah, for um, sure. A key, a key to it is when he took the Panthers over, they were not a gun side. Mm. And that's what makes what Smithy did and Cronk and Slater so incredible at Storm. They were a solid side. They were finning, I think they finished, they, they might have missed the finals and then Bellamy got them to like fifth or sixth and then fifth and then they went really well. So I think like a key ingredient is like how good is that side going before they're yep. in and how good would they go if he was gone kind of thing. And I mean, we look at the storm now without your Smiths, especially. You know, they're they're still good, yeah. but they're nowhere near as, as good with Smith in it. Yeah, and I think like I personally, I can't see Nath playing anywhere else ever. I no, think he'll stay at Panthers. They just would they would just pay whatever he wanted. And I, I think sometimes I hear people, and you know, we obviously have those discussions all the time with people that they're sort of like, oh yeah, but could Nath go to a bottom eight side and do it? And I just sit there and go, what does it fucking matter? Yeah, no. Why would he go to a bottom eight side? He's built. One of the greatest dynasties in rugby league we've ever seen, and they were essentially a fringe eight side. Yeah, when he when he started. Well, you like the year before they lost the grand final, that they missed the eight. Yeah, um, I will say though, for the record, if he did go to bottom eight side, he absolutely would take him to top eight. I'm sure he would, but I'm also confident we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like people people try and bring Cooper Cronk down because the best coaches and the best systems in the world wanted him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that that's a compliment. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, I honestly, if he was to drop into that Tigers side tomorrow, mm-hmm. they're in the eight, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. no doubt. Yep, no doubt. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which guys kind of step up and become that yep. rivalry. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to think, like, what other young half is really going to challenge? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, and mate, like you have a look at, you know, like for me, I consider the biggest arena in rugby league to be state of origin and look how well DCE has done in that arena over the last few years and how dominant he has been. And, you know, he's not even in the ballpark yeah, of that close. conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so 
the SFS is, you know, that's the best memories. What's the, who was your player growing up? Was it Freddie? Yeah, Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. So, so if you were a coach in a side, yep. you could pick Freddie or Joey. Who are you picking? Uh, if I was coaching, I would probably selfishly go Freddie. Because um, of his ability to play? To play multiple positions. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's, you know, like I, I think Joey's the best halfback we have ever seen. Mm. And I, I think that... I think it's you know an interesting conversation when you talk about the best players ever between it's it's Joey and Cameron Smith for me mm. as far mm. as the best. But we got to see the entire of Cameron Smith's career and everything he achieved. Mm. That's the thing I find hard with Joey that I don't think we saw peak Joey. Yeah, and that sounds crazy, mm. but he didn't play much footy beyond thirty. Yeah, and the footy he did play beyond thirty, it's the greatest Origin series we've ever seen. Mm. Um, Maddie, if you can get the numbers up, I think it's two thousand and five. He. Thurston won the Dallium point. He won the Dallium with 32 points. Mm. Joey had 31. He played 16 games and his team finished last. That's insanity. Like, and that, that's, that's also him coming off injury. That's He had to disappear for eight weeks to go and do what he did for New South Wales. Like, mm. And you look at all these guys post 30, like Cameron Smith when he hit 30, won a couple of comps after that. Mm. Freddie when he hit 30, he went to four out of five grand finals. Mm. Um, you know, That's when Thurston finally started to, you know, yeah, he won his premiership. <laughs> I think Cooper Cronk from age 30 plus, he would have won four grand finals in five years. Yeah. And we didn't get to see that from Joey. Yeah. So so I, I, I think Joey would is the best player ever, but I would selfishly pick Freddie because he was the best lock, 5'8", or centre in the world yeah. at any given moment. Yeah, we were, we were in another podcast the other day and we are like, he actually won Dalliem at lock, centre, and 5'8". Mm. Like, and if something would have happened that his team was desperate and he played back row, he would have won second row of the year. Probably, today. probably. Um, okay, so you're growing up. And so as a teenager, you've realised, look, I don't want to play footy. Mm. But when did you actually start getting into super coach and that kind of stuff? Like the first year it was brought out or? Yeah, I probably started in high school mm. and I sort of, I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't love it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I played throughout high school and all that, enjoyed it. Um, and this is, you know, when you talk about, like, when did you realise you fucking, you enjoyed footy a little bit more than the average bear? It was definitely in high school. Yeah. And, like, my, my mates had, like, take the piss out of me for it and stuff. And, you know, like, now I get to sort of present it all, but I was like, I, kn I knew then that I had this bizarre recall of facts, mm. people, all this sort of stuff, just because I was interested in it. Um, and then, you know, I always loved footy. I, you know, I was playing super coach with mates and everything, but then I finished school and went to uni and I probably didn't play super coach for five or six years. Oh, really? I, I Like I'd still watch just about every game of footy every weekend yeah. or close to. Um, but yeah, and like I still loved it as much and I still had as much interest in it, but, you know, obviously like you have to do other things in life mm. and all that sort of stuff. So I went to uni and started working and all that. Um, what did a young guru want to be when he grew up? I had no idea. I, I really? finished high school. I had no idea. What about when, when, I'm not sure if your school did it, but when they like do the entry interviews or just to get to know you as a kid, did you say what job you wanted to be? Uh, so I remember having those interviews, yeah. but I, I, I'm very confident I would have walked in there and just sort of said, I, I don't know yet. Yeah. I've got no idea. Um, and I, I don't know, I ended up in teaching. Okay. And I, I came out of school and I worked at like a before and after school care, mm. which was the best job in the world. I was just with a couple of mates who were, um, you know, t t two of my three grooms in my wedding were two blokes that I worked with at this school. Um, 
down in Coogee. Uh, and, you know, we we get we work six hours a day kicking mm. our footy around, yeah. playing touch. Like it was the best thing in the world. And I'd do 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'd go to uni for a couple of hours and I'd come back at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. doing split shifts. So we'd have the day to ourselves to do whatever the hell we wanted to do, go to uni, whatever it might mm. be. Mm. Um, and then I think off the back of that, I got into um, teaching. Mm. And I've always... I don't know, I've just always been good with kids and helping mm. that sort of stuff, which is something that I, it's the one thing I probably miss about teaching. Mm. Um, that, you know, like I was able, and you know, I, I'd always, the, I'd always get these classes of just rat bags that no one yeah. else could handle that, you know, they'd come from tough upbringings or whatever. But as per always, especially with males, the common link is rugby mm. league. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can just build so many relationships off the back of that. And, you know, I'd be, I turned maths classes into like games of footy in the playground. All the other teachers would be filthy at Really me. hated it. But it'd work. It'd work, yeah, yeah, get the boys involved. And, and it's funny, like you're starting to, now I'm starting to see some of those kids coming through, Harold Matts, yeah. and SG Ball, and all this sort of stuff. And it's exciting to see. Yeah. So how did you, so with maths, were you like, look, there's three people on the short side. There's fucking four. You yeah, know. But you, you're joking. I'm not far off. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, eh? Like division where you're like, listen, if you drop this player off, you've divided. <laughs> like, is that how you did it? Mate, I honestly, like I would have, I'd have a worksheet for the class mm. and I'd have the worksheet for my five or six that would be if blah, blah scored three tries and kicked two goals and all like all this sort of stuff, just trying to make it relatable somehow. Yeah. I remember doing like a, almost like a salary cap class once, with a, you know. <laughs> the roots on a salary cap class. Which is, it, but it was relatable to them and they were interested in it. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but. It's so good. Yeah. And tell me, walk us through the salary cap lesson. I'll I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was sort of like, uh, you know, if this guy's worth this much and this guy's worth that much, you've got to fit it in here and divide. Yeah, it was, it was, it was all these long-winded bullshit to it and I, I hope so. some of my former students are watching they'll have it they'll have the a gear salary themselves. cap class could you yeah. imagine if they become like the most hectic recruiting officer and then they're like listen man <laughs> 20 years ago the rue was i was in year eight and the rue was taking me through salary cap so good third party deals and shit <laughs> but i remember like when i was teaching that's when i first started um the guru page mm. and like for the first year or so like i never sh showed my face on it mm. and then when i eventually did i remember i was i was sitting on and like it's very very taboo in schools to mm. be having your face all over social media and everything. Yeah. But by that point, I knew that it was I was on borrowed time with teaching and I was going to get out eventually to have a crack at this. So I, I think I was almost, and like especially once I started coming on your show, like I was still teaching then. Mm. So like to think that I was a teacher, but I'd spend four hours on a Monday having a beer and swearing mm. on social media and yeah. everything. It was like I, I knew eventually it was going to cause dramas. But I think by that point, I was just like, fuck it, if it causes dramas, they'll probably throw me out and then I'm free. Then you're good to go. It's yeah. almost force, it'll force your hand kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, if you're looking for dramas, it's like almost like in the current climate of today, like a, f a bloke that loves footy, drinks beers, like yeah. they would love to fucking cut you at your knees. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> salary cap still got me so good. <laughs> so good, bro. Okay. Um, yeah, because I remember, I remember I'll basically, you know, obviously we'll get to it, but when you come on the show and you kind of said, I'm thinking about doing it full time and that, but walk us through the thought process and it's actually, sorry, walk us how the guru became a thing, the rugby league guru, because it's sweet now, like it's sweet now because you've got the runs on the board, yeah. but very bold name, very bold name. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's funny, like I, 
you know, I think in the early days, a lot of people were just like, arrogant prick full of himself, blah, blah. Like it literally started, I was in a super coach comp with my mates that Mm. I took way too seriously, still do to this day. Mm. And they, in an off season once, started an NFL fantasy. Mm. And I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I know the Steelers inside out, but the other 31 teams, very clueless. Mm. No Tom Brady and that's about it. But because I'm competitive and I went into that, I was like, okay, I want to try and win this. So I literally was on Twitter one day and found a guy called the NFL Guru. Mm. And he pretty much did my team. I just followed his tips the entire year. <laughs> Didn't win it, came second or something. And then I was like, fuck, maybe I could mm. do this for you know starting in NRL, Supercoach, mm. whatever it might be. So I started um, Supercoach Guru. And to be honest with you, what I was trying to do was just trap my mates in the comp to ask me questions. Yeah. And then when we go away on draft day, I can reveal to the boys, oh, fucking dickhead, asked me this, said this, did this. And I was trying to lure them in like the guys that hadn't won a comp yet to be like, oh, you know, have, have you won many comps? Like, And I was hoping they'd lie and talk themselves yeah, up to yeah. a stranger and shit. To their credit, none of them did, which is incredibly disappointing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I sort of started that and it, I don't know, it just, it got, like it sounds silly now, but like I still remember where I was sitting when, it ticked from 999 followers to a thousand. Yeah, and just remember, just going, oh my god, that is mind blowing. Yeah, like yeah. how could this possibly happen? Um, and was going at that for probably a year or two. And I'm I'm very lucky. I've got a mate that um, he's he's very humble and sort of keeps to himself, dude. But he's he did the same thing when we finished high school. Started a social media account, and it's now got I think he's just ticked over two million followers, yeah, million wow. subscribers on YouTube. He's got. Heap of people working for him. <laughs> fans, I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and he, he's funnily enough, like he, he's literally just around the corner. Yeah, okay. Um, and he sort of pulled me aside one day and was like, "Oh, I reckon you can make a career out of this." And I sort of said, "Yeah, the fuck, are you talking about? There's nothing in rugby league like there's this." Not, yeah, how how could I possibly? And like, not even ru- like there's rugby league. Then yeah. there's super coach. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, "I reckon you could have a red hot crack at this." And I was like, oh, "I don't know, man. I don't know." Anyway, so. Um, Kept sort of going at it. He was the one that convinced me to change it to rugby league guru and expand because I was finding myself doing posts and doing stuff that was more than, you know, that was actually talking about the whole rugby league. And the comment was always the same. Stay in your lane, super coach, which is, you know, completely fair play, especially if you're going to call yourself the fucking super coach guru. But also like stay in your lane. Oi, bro, what do you do for living? Like if you're you're a sparky, you're only allowed to talk about fucking sparky. yeah, yeah. Fucking does my head in that. It's like, you got a dude that's like a, he's a plumber and he's like, bro, don't talk about MMA. It's like, well, you're talking about MMA. You're a freaking plumber. Fair. You got to talk about plumbing then. You yeah, only get, yeah. Everyone's only allowed to talk about what they do for work. Yeah. We just won't talk to each other about anything. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's just an old pet. But yeah, I, start, I started to find that like, my super coach content didn't do well, but I started to find more and more my NRL stuff was doing really well. Mm. Um, so I, saw, I sort of just made the jump and I thought, okay, let's see if I can expand my audience, see where it takes me. Uh, and then I remember 2019, I was, this is so embarrassing to talk about. So fucking embarrassing. I was, I was driving in the car and I had my mate with me. What I used to do is a sports show that I, a guy that I like in America named Colin Cowherd. Yeah. Big fan of him. Or I, I listened to his stuff on the way in here today. And what he used to do is he'd do his podcast. Then he'd put it on YouTube and then he'd take, you know, a 10 minute clip like what we do on Monday, mm. put it on social media. And I remember when I was driving, my school used to be a 15 minute driveway. Mm. So I'd load up his three most recent videos from the night before and watch them five minute clips on Facebook. And my mate got in the car one day when it was on and he goes, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. I went, oh, no, I really like this guy. He's like, I'm sure, but why don't you just listen to his podcast? 
I swear I said, what's a podcast? <laughs> that was that was the end of 2019. I started my podcast two months later. 2019? Yeah. I had no idea. No idea oh, whatsoever. Man. That's crazy. And then within a year, it was my full-time job podcasting. Yeah. I didn't know what it was at the end of 2019. So wow. that is absolutely – the fact that like 2019 is like – I mean, it's early – Bird's eye view eventually, that'll be super early. Mm. But like compared to, you know, they, I think it's 2012 when they started like really beginning to build. Be, I've never heard the word before. I know. It's funny that all the people- The app early, was already on my phone. I'd yeah. never seen it. I'd never noticed it. Pink app. It's funny that early on when I was asking people to come on the podcast, mm. they'd be like, what? What do you mean podcast? Yeah. Like, what is that? And I'll be like, I have to explain. Look, it's just an interview. It's just an interview. Okay. So your mate says, look, just want you listen to the podcast. And then when did you go- okay well I, I really enjoy this kind of format of content where i don't need to watch it i can just listen we can whatever when did you go you know what i want to start my own podcast uh yeah i think at the end of 2019 i sort of made the decision that i was going to leave teaching i was at a school that i didn't really enjoy a principal i just couldn't get along with um and i think by this point i think guru was at about eighteen thousand followers or which something. is pretty bloody good well yeah time. considering like i'd like when you think about Supercoach, there's 160,000 people that play. Mm. Within 18 months, I had about 18,000. So it's yeah. like an eighth of yep. everyone that plays the game was following my Instagram page. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was people outside of Supercoach as well. But, yeah, like I look back on it now and I just think like, fuck, it happened quickly. Mm. I don't know if I just got in at a sweet spot. I don't know, but it did. It moved quickly for well, like Supercoach content. I mean, you wouldn't say it, but you're good at what you do. That's why it fucking happened quickly. Yeah, yeah for sure. But it's like, yeah, it, it, it is just wild how quickly it all happened. And then... Uh, like I still remember at start of 2020 I went I, like I, I paid to go to a podcast course <laughs> and you know it sounds so stupid but I love the initiative though I love the fact that you just fucking did it oh yeah I did uh, but, but mate like keep in mind you know I'm saying that and 2020 doesn't sound that long ago yeah but two months before that I'd never heard the word oh, no. it sounds so stupid but like I've had people that have come to me before and just said oh I'm gonna start a podcast and I say to them you, you should do one of those it'll mm. be stupid but you'll take little things from it. That and it'll give you a little helpful. bit of confidence too. Like 100% it's it will. there, it's yeah. done. I, I remember he sat me down and, he go, and I had, um, there was uh, uh, Darren Brown and um, Steve Maven who used to play for South Sydney. They started their own podcast. So it just happened to be us there that day. Yeah. And Brownie, like he's like a um, family friend to me. I've always grown up with him. And I remember um, Silky, the guy running the course, said to me, oh, I, I want you to uh, um, interview Brownie. And I went, yeah, so, it, so I had a few minutes to prepare. And I got like five minutes into the, podcast and silky just goes just shut up for a second and i went yeah, yeah what he goes you're not listening to him yeah and i went what do you mean he's like you've got all your questions ready to go you're not actually listening to what he's saying and responding you're not having a conversation you're reading a script mm. and it was and like if if i got nothing else out of that podcast course it was that having that yeah. realization that when you're having a conversation you actually need to listen to what they're saying respond mm. off the back of which sounds so simple yeah like how many times have you been on a podcast when you know this person that's interviewing you mm. is reading off a script and they're not responding to what you're actually saying? Yeah. What? Mate, you're absolutely right. And it's actually great advice with Silky. Yeah. It's great advice because that's what a podcast is. That's, that's what separates a podcast from a normal interview yeah. is the conversation rather than the For sitting sure. there with the, the questions. Yeah. Um, so it's a great insight. Champion guy, he, he was... He was um, the uh, uh, Roosters ball boy during the 80s. So he was oh, a rugby that? league guy as well. So, yeah, was this uh, like rugby league convention or something? <laughs> yeah, boy, it was a little bit like that, yeah. yeah. That's, um, um, I love the fact that you just had the initiative to um, go out and do it because I get a lot of um, messages 
of people going, oh, I want to start a podcast. Have, have you got any advice or like, what do I buy on that? And look, I, I get that. Like I, you know, I, I always answer and I'd be polite mm. or whatever, but you know, just get it done. Don't, don't be asking people like advice. Like of course ask the advice, but if you're waiting for someone to give you some secret of like, this is how bloke was built or this is how guru was built. Like there's no secret. Yeah. I went on YouTube and just learned everything. You went to a podcast course, like there's your yeah. secret. There's your secret. Like there's no ingredient that, you know, so, and also that, that advice a bloke gave you about the fact that, you know, you have to listen to your subject. Yeah. I think also one, I think big key advice, and it sounds ironic because I'm the one talking right now, but is a lot of people say they want to start a podcast to interview people, but deep down, they just want to get themselves out there. Yeah. You got to ask yourself: Are you there to get yourself out there, or are you there to get the guest out there? For sure, That's and it's a big thing. Like, and like, I don't interview as many people as what you do, mm. but like over the last year, you know, um, Jacko's come down here a bit, Jamie's come down mm. a bit, and it's a thing that I because when I'm watching an interview and I'm seeing the interviewer more than the person, oh. shits me to no end. Mm. Mm. And there, there's a lot of people out there that do do that. So it's something that I really emphasize to get a question out there and then let them run. Mm. And I think when you let them run, that's when you actually listen to what people are saying. Yeah. That's when you have real conversations. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And also that's the, the the magic of a podcast because you'll go down here avenues that aren't scripted. You didn't know that was going to happen before the potty. Yeah. I mean, even today, like you, your, your partner asked you, what are you even going to talk about? Like we didn't have we don't have questions here mm. or or whatever. Um, I had to Google your name. That's pretty much all I had to do here. Um, <laughs> I did the same on day one when I came in here. Don't worry. Um, okay, so so okay, you go to the podcast thing. You start your own podcast. Did you find you really enjoyed it? It was almost like an outlet to talk footy because I'm assuming you just want to talk footy. But there's yeah. a lot of blokes like you know what? I don't fucking care, bro. Yeah, and it, yeah, I, I did enjoy it, but there was also like, I, and you know, I, I came in with the idea of I'm going to interview someone different every week. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember my first week, I had uh, Brett White on, and I absolutely loved talking to him. Legend of a bloke, had a great chat. Got to week two, and I'd send a thousand messages and got two responses, and just going, ah, shit, I'm one in, yeah, and I'm dusted already. I've got yeah. no one to talk to. So I sort of, I sort of just decided to give it a crack. Like mate, the vast majority of podcasting I do, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Like I do a lot of my stuff solo and it's so normal and easy to me now, but like starting out, fuck, it was tough. Very strange. It's very strange. It's very odd and it's very- But did you enjoy getting it out? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I enjoyed just being able to talk about it, but it is, it's very hard doing it on your own at the Mm. start. And like the, mate, the thing that happened to me, as I said, 2019, didn't know what a podcast was. 2020, went to the podcast course. Six weeks later, started the podcast. Two weeks after that, the world just went, we're going to shut down. And yeah. I just went, shit, what am I going to do here? Yeah. Like I, it was, it was, you know, like I'd, I'd left teaching. I was doing like a bit of casual teaching. So thank God I was getting like a bit of uh, money from the government. Because mm. I still remember, mate, like I, you know, my, I, I got my first paycheck for podcasting expecting you know for the month and i was expecting oh you know it might be like a thousand bucks or so which you know that, that'll be okay that'll be sweet it's fucking 132 dollars oh and uh, so you're with a were you with a podcasting agency i was with time? an agency yeah yeah, okay, yeah. And, yeah. I, and i remember just going oh my god what the hell am i gonna do and you know for i, I don't think I, I remember the first month i got like 500 dollars. yeah and, and it took me a year mm. and it was the best thing ever and that's where like my missus supported me throughout the whole thing and helped mm. me out and everything. And like, obviously now t- times have changed and everything, but 
like I'm very looking back, I'm very proud of myself for not throwing in the towel. Yeah, for and sure. Going back to teaching because yeah. it was always there. I was, you know, I was a male. It's hard to get male teachers, so there was a job on offer for me all the time, and I'm just glad that I stuck at it. Mm. It's uh, that that initial first couple of years. It almost feels like banging your head against a wall to a, to a degree. Mate, it's just getting constantly punched in the face. Yeah. and you know, everyone around you is saying mm, you should probably stop. You should probably this isn't going to work out and. Yeah, that's why like, I'm, I'm super proud of myself for just pushing through that. Mm. And it's the people that are the closest to you. Granted, it was pretty much my missus was the only one that just said, no, fuck it, keep going at it, mm. keep going at it, keep mm. going at it. And uh, so, yeah, I was very lucky on that front. You know, uh, what I used to do is I would find people with followings and I would see how much followers they had. So let's just say, you know, someone back then had 200,000 followers on whatever. Like it might have been YouTube, it might have been Facebook, it might have been Instagram. And I would divide how many follows they had by how many years or months they'd been doing whatever they did. And so like, let's say, you know, they had 200,000 followers and they've been doing what they've done for five years. I would divide that by year and then down to months and then down to weeks and then down to days. And when you did that, you actually saw, oh, they're actually getting 10 followers a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, it's just, you know, I just need to stick in here because yeah. 10 followers a day, the only, the only part of the recipe that everyone misses out on is I just got to be in the race. If I'm in the race, I'll, by the time I hit, you know, X year, I'll have X amount of followers. And consistency is such a boring word for mm. people. Yeah. You know, everyone wants consistency, but no one wants to go through consistency. Mm. And like that, that's all it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Like that is all that it is. It's like consistency and also being honest enough with yourself. Like, are you good at what you do? Yeah. And, you know, there are some people that just, this isn't their talent, yeah. you know, and there are some people that is their talent, but they have no, con like they cannot for the life of them just be consistent for a long period of time. Okay. So you do the podcast, you get a decent reaction because obviously you wouldn't have wanted to push forward if you didn't get at least some positive reaction, yeah. but the decision to go full time, how did that all come about? And, you know, I guess let us know how tough that and scary that decision is as a bloke that, how old were we at this stage? uh 27 so you're a 27 year old yeah. bloke you got a partner and obviously as a man you're sitting there going look obviously everyone's different i'm not speaking for everyone but for me personally as a man my goal is always to provide financially for my wife and my children yep. you know they can get there do what they want to do but i want to be able to give them the option that they've provided for 100 percent. so you've got that pressure at 27 years old talk about the decision to go full-time yeah and like, like we we just brought our house so like mortgage and you know you know planning for family wedding you know all this sort of stuff and i remember i'd i'd got a phone call from my podcast agency that sourced a lot of my deals and they'd got me a really good deal for the next year and they said it'll be this amount and i just sort of went i'm <laughs> i'm on the bloke in a bar panel full time i've got this deal that can start me for the year surely i can generate more off the back of that and i just thought you know what fuck it, i'm gonna go for it i still remember actually where i was you know i was, I was speaking to beck about it and she was like, yep, let's go for it. Um, spoke to other people and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I remember I rang you and I sort of said, hey, I don't know what you're doing. You were like, yeah, fuck it, go for it. Like, you'll be fine. Let's do it, yeah. And then told the school, rang them and said, I'm not coming back. She was really good about it. She was like, fantastic, I'm super happy for you. Always a spot for you here if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. And then three weeks later, that deal completely fell through. <laughs> and do you, do you oh, actually, we won't say who the deal was with. No, I can't say the deal was yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but, and like, I, I look back at like how much money that was then and me just thinking that's life-changing stuff. Yeah. And then when it fell through, I was like, oh my God, it's over. 
I'm going to have to go back to teaching it. You know, all these dark thoughts came back straight away. Um, and I'm glad that I just persevered through it and pushed through it. Um, Cause I look back like, like I, I don't even really remember it that well, how it all played out. Yeah. But I remember at the time just thinking, Oh my God, it's all falling apart before mm. it starts. It's crazy to look back at those moments. Yeah. It's, and you almost think if I knew what I knew now, would I have the guts to go through that? Um, what did your partner say to you? Because, you know, if you're a good bloke, you care about what your partner says and yep. you, you know, you make decisions together. How did she talk to you about everything? No, she was really good, mate. She's very positive. She was very much so just, if that's what you want to do, go and do it. Mm. Um, which <laughs> I'd like to say I would have been the same, but mm. I'll be honest, I don't know if I would have been. Yeah. Like it put a lot of pressure on her. Mm. Um, and you know, it's also like your, you know, like it's, it's your partner going to do something rogue because like realistically, like, what, what we've sort of done hasn't existed before in yeah. rugby league. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a, like now, as you said before, now that it's got legs and it's got runs on the board, it's all good gold. It's great. You know, like I've got mates, I mean, they, they, they call me guru now when three years ago it was an absolute piss take because they yeah. thought the thing was so stupid, which fair play to you. Yeah. There was every chance it was going to fall over and fail. Mm. But now that it's sort of got runs on the board, it's a very different sort of situation and people look at things completely differently. But I don't know, from day one, Beck just looked at it like it was going to be a success. Really? It filled me with so much confidence. Man, I always I always say if you want to know what it feels like to be a king, get a good woman in your life. Yeah. They can make you a king or they can make you an absolute peasant. If you get a bad woman in your life, she will turn you into a peasant. Yeah. A woman a good woman will turn you into a king. And I've been I I've been lucky on that front. You know, Beck's been fantastic. My my, you know, long term partner before Beck. I'm still friends with she, she was an absolute legend as well. I haven't really had those bad experiences that I hear some people talk about mm. and, and whatnot. Uh, so I've been very lucky on that front yeah. without a doubt. Um, it reminds me of when you said like, it's all so obvious now. There's a scene, have you watched Succession? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when Logan Roy goes, they're peppering about something about that he's achieved or whatever. And he, and he goes, <laughs> um, once something's done, everyone always acts like it's all so fucking obvious. Yeah. Exactly right. And it's kind of like podcasting. Like now it's here, everyone always like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. well, how obvious is that? Man, three years ago, it wasn't even obvious. It was a, like, it's a fucking massive grind. Okay, so what, so basically you make that decision to go full time. Funnily enough, so I'm sure people want to know how you came on Bloke in a Bar. So I was looking for a new host, but this, like, it wasn't public that I was looking for a new host and it wasn't even a thing. And you were definitely, uh, you're already someone that I was gonna mm. potentially reach out to. I just needed some time to get my head around it. It was because yeah. it was such a, something that just happened so quickly, everything. And it hadn't even been fucking a few days. Um, anyway, the great Rue messages me and says, hey mate, if you need a co-host, I'm here. And I was like, I loved the initiative. I was like, fucking love that. It's been mm. like a second and this guy's ready to go. And I was like, you know what? Boom, he's got it. He's got the gig. Cause obviously there's like, obviously I sat back and thought about, you know, I, I could get a big name player and all that carry on. But yep. my, um, you know, in dealing with people in the past, I was frustrated at whether you're a big name or not a big name. If you're on this panel and you don't have good footy knowledge and you don't know a lot about every team and watch every sport in the long run you're actually not as valuable to me and you're not you're actually not delivering the quality that i need on bloke in a bar because i want bloke to be the best quality stuff you can get whether you like it or not like even the biggest haters on bloke of bloke um 
they cannot say that this isn't high quality rugby league chat. Yeah. And so obviously with yourself, I was like, I loved his, I loved your initiative, but also, okay, in the short run, you know, you may not have the profile of an XNRL player, or whatever, but over the next few years, if we build his profile up, his profile can be as big as some rugby league players. But on top of that, his footy knowledge will be better than any analyst in the game or as good as any – put it this way, he'll watch as much rugby league as I watch, yep. which is the prerequisite to be on the show. That was my thought process of coming on the show. Come on, bloke. What, what was the you know, first experience of dealing with how big bloke is? You know, like, yeah, it, it was daunting. Yeah? <laughs> it was very daunting. Yeah, yeah. It was um, – you know, and like the social media blew up and everything and it was, you know, and it may even look like it, it'll probably sound stupid to you now, but like the idea of me sitting with a first grade footballer mm. is just fucking wild to me. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, I've, I've always thought that when I, the first probably three years of Guru, my biggest weakness was that I hadn't played first grade. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm past that period, I think it's my biggest strength mm, that I've sure. got to where I am without playing first grade. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. it has just had to be runs on the board, it's your Harry Grants, it's your Reuben Cotters, it's all this sort of shit mm. that has managed to get me to where I am. Mm. And even like to, to, to end up uh, on that show with you was, and you know, I, I knew, fuck, you, you You got every first grader in your phone, on your mm. Instagram, like you can get whoever you want to do whatever. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence. Mm. And it's, you know, like the, um, the Reuben Cotter thing, like take that for example, mm. like that, great moment, but like, in hindsight, like, fuck, that took balls to say at the time. Like, yeah. I, I remember saying it and then, like, I, like, and it wasn't on camera because the camera was on me, but I saw your face. I was like, the whoa, fuck what's is he big. talking about? Yeah, and, like, to be honest, call. in that moment, I sort of went, oh, fuck, have I missed the mark here? Like, have <laughs> I – but then – Because he wasn't even – he wanted to even make the starting 17. A lot of people stage. didn't have him in the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I yeah. mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was crazy. Like, I wasn't sitting there going, what an idiot. I was just mm. like, that's a bold call. Yeah, and it's, call. you know, it's, you know, and then, I, I, and I, like, I, I remember leaving the show that day sort of thinking, fuck, I'm going to get absolutely pizzled for that mm. and, like, being worried about that. Uh, but remember then... You, remember your night's call? Yeah, <laughs> Ended up coming true a couple of years ago. You got Shout f- out to Newcastle. Hope you're there still. Fucking got smashed. Yeah, got absolutely dusted. Um, and, you know, fuck, mate, I, I, like, it's weird. Three years ago, people would never forget the ones that I got wrong. Mm. But all of a sudden now it's like people only remember the ones I get right. Yeah, right, yeah. And it yeah. just – it completely flips and nothing's changed. Mm. Same dude, saying the same shit. Yeah, but you're good at what you do and that's that's the key. I mean, that's, you know, why I chose – why I asked you to come on the show is because you're you're good at what you do and quality always rises to the top. You know, the – the, the uh, what's the word? The profile, that mm. can be grown. Like yeah. That's, that's not a hard thing. What is hard is are you good at what you do? Um even though I was the first one to pick Harry Green out, but we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that, but those first few months, and this is something that, you know, it actually, it, it was uh, really important for me. Um, but those first few months, you're not earning much money. Mm. You're just squeezing by. And there was a moment, and you, I'm not sure if you're aware that I know this, but you were struggling for money and you got a really, really good offer from a beer company. Mm. And you didn't even message me. You said no straight away. And when I, obviously I knew about it and I was like, that for me is loyalty that will be repaid long-term. Mm. And so that, that's also what bloke is about, you know? And yep. look, it's, look, bloke isn't about standing in the way of any money, but there has to be some kind of loyalty between, you know, the panel or whatever. But when you're struggling for money and you're making these tough decisions like that one would have been because, you know, it's fucking money's tight. Yeah. What, what are you thinking then? 
Yeah, it was interesting. I, I remember like looking back to that conversation and that was, at that point, that was the biggest deal I'd been offered mm. for sure. And I remember, um, I sort of, I remember like having that conversation with Beck and sort of saying, oh, look, I've got this offer, but I don't feel it's the right thing to do. And she just flat out said, yeah, it's not the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah. So, it, and, and that was sort of where it ended. Yeah. I think I, I eventually rang you at some point or yeah. something along those lines. Um, and I think yeah. it was because then there was this, another alcohol company and you were like, oh, what, what do you think? And I was like, oh, what's other alcohol? I don't give a shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, beer. That, oh, that's right, actually. Then the one was, that I rang you wasn't beer. Wasn't yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. The one you rang me wasn't beer. It was a whiskey or some shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the first one, I don't know whether, I think Maddie might have talked. Anyway, I don't know how I found out. But it's, um, yeah, it's really important and it's fucking, it shows your character. Okay, but then, so you're going through the tough times. When you're struggling for cat, like, Money's tight. Mm. What, what's your process there? Are you going, no, no, I'm all in here. I'm, I'm all in. It Was there a time period where you were sitting there going, if it doesn't work within X amount of years, I'm going to go or not really? You know what? I think, I think it took off literally the moment before I would have been at that point of putting a deadline on it. Oh, really? Like yeah. it, the, the time, it, like I probably never sat down and had that thought process. The, the beauty of it as well, that it was like, it was 2020, and I think I came in, did I start here 2021? Yeah. End of 2021? Yeah, yeah. So like COVID and everything was still going on and I was sort of, I was working sort of part-time at the school one or two days a week. So I was keeping myself afloat. Then the other, you know, all the other days I was just going all in on Guru. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think just before I got to the point where I was a bit hairy, I was like, fuck, might have to look at other avenues here is just when it sort of started to kick off all yeah, of a sudden. Okay. Um, and it's the... You know, I've, I've, I remember years ago, you showed me your um, podcast listens over the seven years and it's mm. just then like that. Yeah. And just, and it's funny, like just as soon as you tar start to hit that slope, it just keeps going. Yeah. And it just picks up. <clears throat> and so just getting started as well, which is crazy. Okay. So it just, it picks up. What's that feel? When, when was the moment when you go, oh my God, like I'm here. It's a full-time job. Because that, that's actually the best, that's actually a better feeling even though incredibly grateful for where we're at, like it's so, we're so lucky. But that initial feeling of like, holy crap, I get to do this as a full-time job. When was that for you? Uh, it'll, it'll probably sound strange, but you know, I was full-time all the way through 2022. And the moment that it sort of dawned on me that this is fair income and we're making a difference was our grand final show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like, I, I like, like I remember you say, oh yeah, we'll do the grand final show. I was like, yes, yeah, like we'll get 30, 40 people. <laughs> we'll show up that'll be cool maybe a couple of photos that'll be nice and showing up that day was just it was unbelievable there was just so many fucking people there yeah, no. and I, I know it's grand final there's already people out there but there's a billion things you can do on grand final day mm. like there's a game of football on 50 meters away you can go and watch yeah. it was also it was at like two o'clock or something wasn't mm. it like it was it was, oh, it was relatively early relatively like, early yeah, yeah, like we early. didn't like you didn't have to be there at that point no not at all and just the amount of people that were there was just unbelievable. Mm. And the amount of people coming up saying hello and like the amount of people as well. Like, like for me, it was crazy. Like people were coming up to me and being like, saying to me like, oh, what about when you traded this guy in Supercoach in round seven? And I'm like, bro, I don't remember that. How do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fucking unreal. Uh, so that, that was probably the moment for me where it sort of, it all came together and I was sort of like, my God, like this is... And, you know, it sounds hey, heaps corny, but, like, like I look at us and I just think, like, to me growing up, 
the best hour of the week was the footy show on a Thursday night. Mm. And I speak to people now who tell me their best six hours of the week is Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that is unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. That is for the sure. best thing ever. And the people like the country tour was a huge eye opener for me as well. That mm. was like, <laughs> that was off its head. We we went for four weekends in a row. The fifth weekend I was getting married. So yeah. like it was hard for me to sort of enjoy those four weeks. But now, as soon as our show was over and we'd sit down having beers with people, it was that was the best, mm. the absolute <clears throat> best. And just to, especially for me, like I've always lived in Sydney. I've always, you know, I haven't spent much time in the country and everything. Getting out there and meeting those people and because you know, like where we sit here, we talk for hours. It's all good and well, and like you just don't realise how far it goes. Yeah, you just seriously don't because you're just in a room talking. Yeah, and like our biggest episode was over a hundred thousand this year. Like that's off its head. And then like. After that, it's not like that was 100,000. It's 100,000, 99,000, 95,000. And an average show, you're looking at minimum 75,000 downloads. That's literally a core stadium. Yeah. Sitting there listening to your podcast. It's, yeah, it's it's honestly unbelievable. And once again, it's in the early days of podcasting. Like, I, I just think, like, we're bloke, guru, playbook, everything could be in a few years' time. It's just, it's wild to even think Like, about. think about 10 years. I know. It's terrifying. I don't, I just. Like, I'll only be. In 10 years, I'll be 30 years old and you'll be fucking, what, I'll be 40 or something? Yeah. Um, no, I'll be 46. You'll be 40? Yep. Um, you're like, you know what I mean? You're still relatively young 100%. then. 100%. You know? so that's yeah. 10 years. 10 yeah. years. Um, okay, so what's been, what's been, a, is it that could be anything that's been the biggest thing for you at, over the last year or so? I think so. Yeah, I think that has sort of been my point of difference, mm. um, which is like, as I said, like Guru didn't start as me picking out kids that were coming through the grades. It started as me picking out like um, good super coach players and yeah. whatnot. So it's funny how it has evolved. And like well, once again, I, I just never thought there would be legs in being able to, And yeah, I, I think as well today, like there's just so many people that are like, like 10 years ago when I was watching Jamie Soward, like, you could have never watched tape of Jamie Soward playing in those grades. Now all that's available to people. Yeah. It's all there. It's all available to everyone. But you've got to be willing to put in the effort of watching it all yeah. and going through all that, which is what I do. Mm. And, you know, like on a on a Saturday, especially in you know, January, February, like I'll drive around to three fields and watch three SG ball games. Yeah, wow. Literally, if there's kids there that I think are ones that I want to see play, I want to go there because – I don't want to get up here on a Monday and talk out of my ass because you can see straight through it. Yeah, yeah. I want Especially to know what I'm talking about. People in that community as well that you know, watch the local league yep. and you know it, their brother's friend is that person yep. or, or whatever. For sure. Um, who's been a guy that was a CBA, could be anything, that the biggest CBA in the history that never amounted to the CBA tag? So it doesn't mean it had to be someone you've said publicly, but a guy that you've privately watched and be like, he is the best I've seen, but he didn't go on to do anything great in NRL. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Like, there's a lot of guys that I was very, very confident on coming through. And like a, a lot of them have made it to first grade. Yeah. But a lot of them I thought would like just absolutely blow it away mm. and explode. I, uh, honestly, you, you put me on the spot. It's hard to it's – not, it's, not, it's not what I thought you'd ask me. I thought uh, you were going to say Dan and Kemp. <laughs> Well, it's funny because you fucking came from absolutely nowhere. I flew under your radar, bros. You flew under the radar. Didn't get to yeah. see the there's not, coming there's, through. There's not many that come through <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. And to be honest with you, I, I'd even be hesitant to 
to say because you answer don't the question because I, I don't think that's fair to go. I, I just yeah. think that there's okay. Who's been the best like junior you've ever seen? Uh, best in not in reflection to their career, but yep. best junior where you've gone unbelievable junior. Uh, I would go Jack Bird or Bryce Cartwright. Really? Yeah. Great Jackie Bird. Jack Bird was off his head as a junior. Yeah, he wow. would he could <laughs> like. Jack Berg could have honestly been the best one to 13. Yeah, wow. Anyway. I mean, who can forget his grand final appearance at 21 years old? Literally tears his elbow ligament, kills it in the grand final. And that's the other thing with Jack Bird. Like, like, like I, I think people just forget sometimes, like, mate, what his body has been through. And, you know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what, what it is that Jack Bird's got, but it's like a modern day miracle he's still playing. Mm, yeah. It's unbelievable. And, like, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I was telling Maddie the other day, it's a funny story. My best mate, who was my best man at my wedding, he's from Newcastle. He was a 5'8 coming through. He was the same age as Jack Bird. Yeah. So he'd always – he like he, he used to sort of say, you know, I'm probably good enough to be in some of these really good teams, but I just can't get in front of Jack. Yeah. It's just not, not a hope in hell I can do it. Anyway, he um he came down to Leichhardt Oval for like a New South Wales trial one time, and he was in the New South Wales countryside, and Jack Bird had broken his arm or something. Mm. So he's like, fuck, Jack Bird isn't in the team. This is my chance. And um, he said he came down to Leichhardt Oval and as he arrived, he saw Jack Bird walking around the sling or in a, crutches, whatever the injury was. And he's mm. like, oh, sweet, like, this is actually my opportunity. Said he ran out onto Leichhardt Oval ready to go and he looks up into the grandstand. <laughs> you can see the coach and who's sitting next to the coach picking the team. <laughs> Jack Bird and he goes... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fuck. Oh man, is, is there any stories of um, some of the younger boys that are killing it now in first grade that you can remember? As you know, like for example, similar to the Jack Bird story. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like a lot of those guys, like I remember, um, like like Dallin when he was younger, he was a weapon. We're telling Zelezniak. Yeah, for Penrith, he, mm. he he was the fullback in the Panthers side. He mm. was he was unbelievable. Like you, you obviously watch Dallin now and how hard he runs the football, which I think is something that a lot of fans sleep on. Like he was the same size, running exactly the same. At fullback back then, destroying. at fullback, and he was just untouchable. Mm. Bryce was amazing. My my same mate who who lived up in Newcastle tells me the story. He was in Bryce's Harold Matt's year, or maybe his SG ball. I think it was in the SG ball or whatever. But he said that you know they used to they'd be at Newcastle and they'd watch the Penrith bus pull up. And they'd watch the bus to see who got off, whether Bryce Cartwright got off or not. And if he got off, like he, because he could have been playing Jersey flag under 20s or SG ball that day, just depending on what was happening. Mm. And they used to just sit there and watch the bus. And of course, because it was Bryce Cartwright, he'd sit on the back of the bus. So you'd always have to wait for the whole team oh. to get off. And they would, they'd sit there. And if there was no Bryce Cartwright, if the door shut, they just went, okay, we're, we're on in. today. We're oh, a sniff now. Yeah. That's crazy. But he was just, and like the, the stuff that Bryce did, I think it was 2016 when he absolutely brained it in first grade. Mm. Like that's what he was like in juniors. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Go, you yeah, had had him in the other day. He was a good mate now. Like Jackson Hastings at that age, mm. it's unbelievable yeah. as well. So talented. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a lot of guys that you know. As I said, I wouldn't say their names, but a lot of guys you watch in SG Ball and Harold Matson just go, my God, how can these guys miss? Mm. It just shows how hard it is to get into first grade. Yeah, Some of these sure. guys you just never hear from again. Yeah, and it's funny that what about a guy that you watched coming through that probably wasn't that good but then just exploded not that good but yeah i know what you're saying but it's hard because you're like if they're not that good you don't notice them at that yeah, age okay, you know true. so it's hard to remember yeah because that's the other thing like with harold matson sg like you watch the nrl and like you know you might know the broncos squad inside out you mm. know in three years time that broncos squad will be different but it'll be ballpark very similar yeah 
you watch Harold Matz and SG Ball and guys have a two-year window and they're new human beings coming in yeah. and you, you, you get to know them and how they play for a short amount of time then they change again. So it's mm. it's hard to – like. and I, I, like I, I, I'm even sure like some of the guys that coach these teams would find it hard to sort of keep yeah. up with them and whatnot. But my my brother's been in uh, the Rooster system the last few years. So it's been, it's been unreal the last four years because mm. watching the Harold Matz and SG Ball – I've actually had him there to yeah. watch. So I'd go and watch his game and, you know, whoever he's playing, get to watch a lot more kids there and just get an insight from him and his mates who's going well, who mm. they fancy. So it's actually been perfect timing as far as all the could-be-anythings on the show and everything that I've had that little bit of an insight to yeah. it as well. Yeah. Who's someone at the moment that's not in a first-grade squad but coming through the grades that is special? Yeah, I, I really like this Raiders fullback, Chevy Stewart. Okay. I'm a big fan of him. Um, and I've got... Matty the Waterboy sitting here. It's a kid at South Sydney, Jai Gray, who I'm very excited about. A uh, bit of a smaller body. Yep. Uh, and, and that's the thing now, mate, like especially especially with hookers, halves, fullbacks, you know, as you would know, like the game is just so physical now. Mm. You're just not sure how guys are going to go. You're just not sure if their bodies are going to hold yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. And, it's, and I think, you know, the game's always been tough. There's no doubt about that. And people that want to say the game's soft now, like – you're clueless. Yeah, absolutely clueless. The contact today is way more hectic than way the contact yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And it's and you just don't know how these guys are going to go when they get put in that big arena. Um, mm. Latu Fine was one I've spoken about quite a bit who I'm very excited about. If I'm honest, I probably wish he was at any other team. Yeah. Just coming into first grade and whatnot. Well, you saw Benji Marshall come out and said that if uh, Bud Sullivan and Fainu kill in the preseason, they're the starting six and seven. I love that. Wow. Yeah. Which is a huge call. Speaking of the, the other guy in that uh, situation, Aiden Caesar, he would have been a massive could be anything for me. Oh, was, was he a gun? Yeah, he was a gun. Yeah, wow. So he, he played Canterbury SG Ball, I think it was. Oh, yeah, because he's doggies junior, wasn't he? Yeah, and then he ended up on the Gold Coast. He was very, and that's the thing. Like you go back to that under twenties comp and the guys that absolutely dominated that and how mm. it like, mate, like I and it, like I remember watching um, Kyle Flanagan under twenties and just mm. going, "This is Joey." Yeah, you know, and Kyle Flanagan's ha had a very good career and will continue to have a good career, but it's just it's the difference when you get to first grade, it, everything because you're playing against men. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing as well with these kids that are coming through at the moment, which I bring up all the time because I want people to remember that a lot of these guys lost a lot of their junior footy during COVID. Mm. So they mm. went from instead of playing teenagers to playing men, they went from not playing to playing men. Yeah, which is where I think a guy like Sam Walker. It's just off the charts what he's managed to do. Yeah. His size oh. to miss junior footy and come in and do what he's done is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, he's just – the size of him and what he has to deal with every single game. Like, it's almost a miracle that he's not missing 10, 10, 10 tackles a game. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he might miss five and people will go at him. But I think the other beauty about Sam Walker is that he, he doesn't hide away from anything. Yeah. Like, I would almost advise scared. him to hide away yeah, from Yeah, absolutely. Things, he doesn't. Mate, make some arm tackles sometimes, getting steamrolled. Like, yeah, it's jeez. Yeah. Um, okay, heading into this year, though, the next year, and we'll do it on the show as well. Yeah. But who's your origin schmokey? Well, let's just get Ooh. real early. Let's go real early. Yeah, so someone actually asked me this the other day, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't sat down and gone through it all yet. Um, I still think that Hopgood will be a very good sniff okay. for Queensland. Um, New South Wales is interesting. Because mm. I, I reckon Madge could clean out. Yeah, I reckon Madge could go really rogue, and I'm trying to think of guys that I think you know. I, I just think he will go for, you know, obviously um, um, Jackson's been been coached by Madge, so I've, I've got a pretty good understanding of how Madge works and what he looks for. 
And I just reckon he will just go for a 17 that can hopefully just bash. Just aggressive. Just aggressive. Just Because yeah. I, I, I think it is another thing that we, I think as New South Welshmen, and I'm guilty of it as well, I think we just give too much respect to Queensland sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. there's a balance you have to find. I just, yeah, because like very rarely do you watch a game where 80 minutes New South Wales are bashing Queensland. Like you'll see patches of 20 to yep. 30 minutes. Usually, like not usually, but recently when you've beaten us, you've just outclassed us, like mm. just outclassed us. Whereas, you know, you can watch very recent games of Queensland, 80 minutes, they're just Tom for leather, just going, yep. just going. Um, mate, ask all the boys this, favourite rapper of all time. Mate, I, I've heard you ask this to everyone ever. I honestly, I don't listen to music. What? I genuinely don't. I listen to podcasts. Did you used to it. listen to music? Not really. Just never, I don't know. It's never been a, a big thing for what, me. What music comes to your head when you think? Honestly, like, like if I'm in the car, I'll put the radio on. Yeah. And I'll, whatever's on, sweet. Like I will, like I will very rarely change the radio station. I yeah. just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird, but it's just never, it's just never really interests me at all. My, wow. my, my missus has dragged me to like one or two concerts. Yeah. And they're the only concerts I've ever gone to, and I, it just wow. doesn't interest me in the slightest. If you had to say one, one like simply the best, is that your song? You know, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Okay. Is I don't it, mind. Uh, uh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. There you go. There you go. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time. Don't you dare tell me you don't watch movies, Guru. <laughs> oh, big movie guy. Um, I favorite movie of all time. I do like like my sports movies. Yeah, I do enjoy them. Um, the Replacements is one of my favourites. You seen that? Yeah, fucking love that. That's a cracker. That. I love the Replacements. Any um, given Sunday. Remember yeah, the Titans. Remember the Titans. A very good one as well. Um, yeah. Well, once again, I like I, I'd find it hard to probably narrow down one movie. I mm. just sort of whatever's on the Replacements. So that was your first answer. So we're just going to go we'll with that. We'll take that. We'll sure. take Step that. Step Brothers would be right up there oh, too. Mate. Big Step Brothers guy. So good. Anything Will Ferrell I'm into, like yeah. um, Talladega and... Um, Laser Glory. Semi-Pro's very underrated. Semi-Pro's super underrated. I saw a guy yesterday in a um, Flint, Michigan jersey. Oh, that's unreal. great. Yeah. Mate, the great Rue. Thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you fucking on Monday, bro. See you on Monday. <laughs> <Have a> good. <laughs>